And we are live. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Opinion Overhaul podcast. I think I think a lot has happened this week. We're going to stay off the refugee crisis, I think, for this episode. We may touch it towards the end. But we're going to focus on this UC Berkeley incident. Uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, if you guys didn't know, he was going to speak uh, at the campus uh, earlier this week. And the, there was riots. It started off as a peaceful protest. I completely support that. Then it sort of turned into car burnings. People were getting beat up. And they were specifically targeting, targeting like those that were supporting Milo. I mean, it, it got pretty crazy. It's difficult. It's difficult. I, I showed you the news article <laughs> that uh, I was talking about, Christian, where this guy has this no fat, no fascism, <laughs> refuse fascism sign. And I mean, at this point, it seems pretty peaceful. But I, I sort of find the whole thing hypocritical, where you protest to the point where free speech is like sacrificed. Right. I mean, these guys obviously are keeping their their free speech, but. Milo and anybody that wanted to listen to him, I, I think that was sort of taken away. I, I know you're like the philosophy professional here. What, what's your take on this? Uh, so this is really interesting because it's a conflict of rights. So on one hand, you have one person who wants to give a speech. Ianopoulos. How do you say his name? Milo Ianopoulos. Ianopoulos. So Ianopoulos wants to give a speech. The issue is people think it's it's hateful speech. I mean, he's grouped together with, what, the alt-right movement? Yeah. So he got kicked off Twitter because... Uh, Says something about uh, someone in the in the Ghostbusters movie, yeah. and then they just attacked her. So clearly, this guy does not say the most positive things about people. Yeah. So UC Berkeley, they want to have him on. And yeah, they, was, they support free speech. He is in his full right to say whatever he wants. You know, the whole reason we value freedom of speech is because if you you don't know which speech is going to progress a society forward, yeah. you don't know. Because even your certainty of one's opinion being a bad opinion or a hostile opinion or one that will infringe on other people's rights, that's also an opinion that has to be evaluated. You don't know which rights are or which speech is actually detrimental to a society. So the best approach for issues on free speech is to let everyone let everyone speak, and then you let people figure out on their own which is more useful, conducive to progressing society forward. Now, in this case. It's relatively clear-cut that this guy is not the best, does not have the best opinions on on matters. Yeah. But, again, you have to keep that, that, uh, you have to keep that objectivity. Say, hey, we don't know if it's actually objectively going to be a, a good thing or conducive to, you know, human affairs, so we got to let him speak anyways. So then, out come these anti, what are they called, anti-fascists? I think they're grouped, yeah. they're called anti-fascists it, now? It's it's like the, the, the anti-anopolis movement. He's talked at a bunch of other campuses, and this sort of same, not to this extent, I don't think it was that violent, but some people have gotten beaten up at other campuses. Um, no, so, so the issue here is these guys, these anti-fascists, uh, the anti-fascist movement, they're in their full right to protest because that is, again, yeah. also covered under freedom of speech. You know, we're a liberal democracy, liberal in the classical sense, not in the American sense. Uh, in that we value everyone's freedom to do as they please, as yeah. long as they're not harming other people. That's what America's built on. Right, that's what a lot of Western democracies are built on. But nowadays, or not nowadays, in this instance, what's happening is their freedom of speech is violating the the fundamental tenet of liberty in yeah. in the sense that their freedom of speech, their, their, their speech, their protest, whatever you want to call it, is now infringing, is now preventing freedom of speech from this potentially alt-right guy. So the line is drawn when, in, in regards to questions of liberty, the line is drawn 
when your liberty or your actions are infringing on other people's liberty. So the solution is to have a protest. Full, you know, that's totally yeah. fine. And again, we're not assuming it's a riot. Yet. We're just dealing yeah. with the protest. That's totally fine. But if you start preventing someone else from speaking in that protest, you no longer have the liberty to do that. These people need to be separated. The guy can give his speech, you know, on one stage and have the protests protest on another area of campus. That's totally fine. But once you start preventing the guy from speaking, that's when it goes downhill. But but then these guys start rioting. Oh my god. It's ridiculous. There's and, videos of like the like people just being knocked out on the street and like stampedes running over them and stuff. It's ridiculous. It, I mean, the news doesn't really cover this, partly because they sort of want to like groups of science, like just pretend we're all getting along right now. And I don't know. So, I mean, that I think that's an excuse why like Fox doesn't really show it because they have every right to show like liberals going absolutely crazy. So interestingly enough, do you, do you find the biggest issue here when it turns to violence? Or like, let's say, like a lot of these guys look like they're actually bro- blocking the entrance. Right. Is, is that impinge? In, like, no, like, listen. The violence, objectively, I don't care who you are, yeah. is a violation of any moral system you're operating under. Because you're, you, once you start infringing on people, which is what violence is, it's taking away the opportunity or the possibility of certain actions on a certain group of people. That's the one one way to find violence. In every situation, that's basically wrong. Unless you're, I don't know, a Marxist and or Leninist, and you want, you know, a violent revolution for the people and all that, all that okay. stuff. But the violence isn't even the crux of the issue. The, the the issue is that the protests are violating someone else's right to, you know, freedom of assembly and freedom of speech. Once you add the violence on top of that, you are no longer an anti-fascist. You are de facto a fascist. So do you think them just blocking the entrance there, I, I don't know if they're purposely doing it or if they're just sort of trying to... This is the building where he was going to speak into. Um, do you think just blocking the entrance, that's preventing free speech? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like the the Black Lives Matter protests that involved blocking highways, right? Yeah. So they, they, they would storm onto a highway, block all the traffic, and then I think one of the protesters was hit in this one instance, and the ambulance couldn't even make it because of the traffic jam, <laughs> right? So... In that instance as well, once you start infringing on other people's rights, you are past the point of any any kind of moral uh, praise or or allowance at that point. So, yeah, I, I can't find any way to, to justify action. I get the whole idea of civil disobedience, which is sometimes you got to violate laws, you yeah. got to violate stuff to to prove your point, and it's got to be it's got to be done. You have to bite the bullet in some instances, yeah. but the whole the whole concept of civil disobedience is that it's nonviolent, which these guys are not, and um, you have to be willing to accept the consequences of your actions. Which I, you know, that that's that's up in the air with these people. But once you start having your civil disobedience, which you can call a protest, once you ha- start having your civil civil disobedience to start infringing on people who are not related to the power structures that you're trying to protest, okay, I then you're you about. have no justification yeah. anymore. And, and I mean, when you th- when you think about this crowd, you think oh, it's a bunch of college students that that go to U U C Berkeley. UC Berkeley. But um, I mean, the the guy holding the sign is an old man. Like, you when you when you think about these sort of crowds, you think about millennials. Right. Do you <laughs> do you think that having like a pretty diverse group here? I mean, there's obviously a lot of college students. Do you think when it turns to a riot, it sort of delegitimizes the entire liberal movement? Oh, yeah. I mean, part of the issue of today's news cycle and today's political, uh, I don't know, not spectrum, the landscape, political yeah. landscape, 
is that people of one side will take the other side, take the extremes, demonize it, and show their supporters, hey, this is what the other guys are doing. <laughs> so when when liberals are doing stuff like this, you are giving them prime material to work with. I've seen vid- my family is all very conservative. I see videos floating around in group chats in on Facebook from conservative friends that I have, where they point to instances like this and then contrast it with you know, for example, the March March for Life in uh, D.C., which tends to be very peaceful. And they say, see, this is how liberals protest. This is how conservatives protest. Liberals bad, conservatives good, and that's basically the message they're getting across. So. Not only is it a violation of liberty, not only is this terrible civil civil disobedience. You know, MLK would be he would be crying at this at, yeah. at this point. Not only is it bad in those two departments, but it's only making the political landscape worse because they're giving the other side more material to work with. Now, I think that's sort of like a healthy opinion coming off the fact that, like, like your family, for instance, just take, taking that interpretation that this is that this is ridiculous. My issue is more with the fact that. Anybody that almost on the side of the alt right that that is sort of looking towards them and is like, I, I sort of see what they're saying, and then they turn on the news and they see this nonsense, oh my god, and it converts them. Like it, I, I think it goes to the point of almost legitimize because I don't really think I've seen much alt right violence in the news. I mean, when you turn on the news, there they're always wanting to cover this whole alt right movement, even though it's like it started off with a group of twenty five guys when it started being put <laughs> on the screen. Um, now, I just feel that so many more people are going to turn towards the alt-right just because of stuff like this. Because this is the way the media is portraying the alt-right to be, is these crazy lunatics running around, rioting, like, stir, stirring up the political atmosphere. So I, when you see the left doing it, you're, yeah, you, you think, oh, it's not actually the alt-right that are bad guys, it's the left. It's sort of like returning the whole crazy hippie movement sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, the, I, think, I think it speaks to a lot to... The, the reason why, or part of the reason why Trump won, which is a reactionary movement to what is perceived by many in the center and many on the right, as the liberals are, they're only tolerant of people that are like themselves. And so when you see protests of any foreign opinion, like uh, Ianopoulos, I believe his name is, uh, when you see protests of this form, it only solidifies that opinion. That's kind of been planted, you know, the seed has been planted in your head by Fox News or, or any slightly reading, a slightly right-leaning uh, conservative source. It validates the opinion that the left, they're just, they're intolerant. They, they preach tolerance, but they don't practice it. They, they, yeah. talk, they talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. So this is only reaffirming the the... I guess the crux of the issue that led to, in large part, the populist resurgency, the the right's reaction to to the left, it, it only fuels this more. I believe. Now, I believe that the people doing the riots right here, they they actually, it has to be to the point where you where they think they're doing the right thing, and I and I I mean from an outside perspective, it seems absolutely ridiculous. But a lot of campuses and a lot of groups within campus, they they create this little bubble where it's their world and all the opinions they have are right. So what what do you think should be like the discerning moment in a person's head where they think of this as a revolt 
Whereas, like a revolt in Stalinist Russia or something, where, where should where should we really draw the line there? Because we look back at history and all these revolts and coups where they're, they're, we think those people are brave. These guys think they're brave. And they're, they're going against the man. <laughs> they think they're the, rev- the, ex- the American Revolution. Exactly. Where right. do you think in somebody's mind we should really draw the line there? Because That's they so think tough. they're they think they're right. Right, right, right. That's so tough because when you're so deeply entrenched in ideology, you get to the point where you you you, you think in your head. There's no way to do this peacefully. We have to take action. We have to t- be violent. You know, you, like the Black Panther movement back in the, I think the 60s and 70s it was, uh, they got so fed up with this peaceful protest that they didn't think was yielding any results, though did they know it eventually did, that they started taking the streets and they started, uh, be, they started rioting and looting and on all of that stuff. So it's so tough because when you're so into an ideology and you don't see things changing quickly enough around you to line up with what you believe is the correct take on things, you are so convinced that this is the right way to do things. And I think the only way to, it's hard to, to convince people to be more objective about these matters and to step back and say, hey, reassess, maybe, maybe rioting's not the best action. But I think the, 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 the way to win this battle in, I guess, the war on stupidity is to encourage somehow Let's see your friends, or, or if you have a platform, you know, maybe you have a podcast, or, oh. or, 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 you know, if you're in the media, or, or a blog, you know, whatever, is to encourage people to start looking at both sides. Because I've seen it in myself growing up. I grew up, in a, again, in a conservative household. I used to be very conservative. It's because the only source of information I had was conservative. So I saw any protest, any resistance against the left as no matter how bad it was, as totally justified. And then when I started switch swinging over to the left side and I started only getting my news from the left, I started saying, you know, F the conservatives, we have to protest in any way possible. But then when, when I started realizing, oh, maybe I should start getting my, my news from both sides, you know, read Fox News, because you know, they're, they're not always wrong and ridiculous, but then also read the Times, the New York Times, not the, the London Times, or the British one, or whatever it's called. Reading the, the, the Times and the Washington Post and then economist is relatively centrist uh getting my news sources from both sides for me in my life has definitely made me take a step back whenever there's a huge protest or a huge uproar in 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 a policy or in a movement from one the left or the right so with the the immigration ban i can confidently say it was not the right move but the left is being completely overreacted is completely overreacting and calling it a Muslim ban. It is not a Muslim ban. There's 50-plus Muslim-majority countries, and only seven of them are banned. But the way he did it was totally wrong. Then again, we do need border security, but not in this way. Right? So there's two sides. And now I'm not claiming to be some enlightened being, because I'm not. I have so much to learn. But getting my news from both sides of the aisle allowed me, in a large part, to stop being completely reactionary to stop immediately demonizing the other side that I don't agree with ideologically, and to weigh both sides more objectively than I did before. So I think the solution is if you have a platform, encourage this kind of behavior. Encourage people to stop reading just MSNBC, CNN, and the New York Times. Read Fox News. But if you're on the other side, don't just read Fox News. Read the New York Times. So the solution to preventing stuff like this, aside from, you know, bettering our education system so people aren't this freaking stupid <laughs> is to encourage the people already who who are already of the age where they can't go back to school and you know stuff like that Definitely. to to 
get their news from both sides and to weigh their both sides of the, both opinions independently of some third party. Yeah, I, I completely agree that 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 makes perfect sense to me. the The issue is, and the reason that those bubbles are so hard to pop is that those ideologies are just so hard to break through. Once you think something and you absolutely believe it, it's so hard to get them to come back to reality. And it's a it's a complete. No one thinks at all about this. You you being an enlightened being at all, or anybody that reads both sides. That's that's proving that you're not an enlightened being. That you're willing to open up your mind and think about both sides, and that your opinion is not always going to be the right one. And that in order to like uh, amalgamate a, a, an entire um, mindset is is pretty much the best thing anyone can do for for society. I, I the, it wouldn't have gone to this if people had had watched CNN or had watched Fox right. and sort of stuck to it. The news is news is becoming polarized. I'll, I'll completely give you that. Um, I also wanted to. You touched on the the Twitter ban earlier. I uh, I pulled up a little article about it. Now the whole the whole issue with this Milo was banned from Twitter. I think it was uh, back in July. This article was written in July. Just run through the story really quickly. How why was he banned? So he he, he was banned because. He's always been a controversial character. Some group him into the alt right. He's not really alt right from what I see. Um, he 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 he's very right. I'll, I'll give you that. But he's more controversial because he's he comes out and says what's on his mind. He was one of the first supporters of Donald Trump that I saw. He was he was on CNN I think doing an interview, and he was portrayed as like one of those complete idiots that they <laughs> that they will have on, and then they'll put on seven left people on the left, and they'll they'll just go bash right, him. Right, right. But this guy was standing his own. There was there was easily like six or seven other, and the newscaster was saying like telling him he was an idiot pretty much. But he stood his own, and he he sort of came out on top. He's very well spoken, and and then they they say that you're you're all right. You you don't have you hate refugees. You hate the gays. He's gay. He's gay. He's gay. He is. <laughs> This guy is a minority to the prime. He came out as one of the first supporters for Trump. Like, look at him. Okay, look at him in this picture. You can't really see it. I, I, I have another picture where he was... This is oh, another... Yeah. Okay, oh, so as soon as he gets banned from Twitter, he comes out wearing a bulletproof vest. This is this is one of his talks. I'm reading a tweet um, that somebody sent out. It just says, I just got banned from Twitter. And he's wearing a, a sleeve... Well, all bulletproof vests are sleeves are sleeveless, but that's it. He's just wearing a bulletproof vest. It's so, absolutely so why was hilarious. he banned? Okay, he was banned. He was ba okay, I, I was getting a little off topic there. He was banned because there, there, there's this woman called Leslie Jones, and she was in the Mythbusters movie. I didn't like that Mythbusters movie that that much. Wait, I don't no, know Ghostbusters. Ghost. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Adam Savage, I love the guy. <laughs> Ghostbusters. And he, he said a few controversial things, and... I mean, he got his supporters to just badger one of the one of the. I I don't know if he he encouraged it, but l let me just read a few of them for you. I'm, I'm reading off. At, if at first you don't succeed because your work is terrible, play the victim. This is to Leslie Jones. She, if you don't know her, she's the black actor in Ghostbusters. Then they just went back and forth, back and forth. Uh, he, the stuff he was saying wasn't that bad. But it, I, I find barely it sort of illiter barely literate. America needs better schools. <laughs> that that's hilarious. I, I don't oh even think God. that's controversial. That's just hilarious. That's just Twitter banter, though. That's nothing. Leslie Jones, obviously a liberal, obviously something a little crazy. Takes this super personal, starts attacking him, blocks him, eventually gets him banned from Twitter, and th that's all that he was really banned for. Like his side, that that was the evidence Wait, they like, had. Hold on, hold on. They, he. he 
wasn't the issue that he indirectly got his supporters to now, start badgering. But that's all the ev- evidence that they have on his end. Like that okay. those his tweets were controversial. He's he said publicly that he hates Leslie Jones, that you should go irritate her. But and some of the stuff that it, the people that follow him were saying were pretty crazy. Like they were posting pictures of monkeys and saying well, Leslie Jones. Okay, was so that's what that's what that, did that, it. that's what did it. Milo Milo didn't do that. I I don't think he's ever done the publicly said she resembles an ape in any way. But th- this is another instance where okay, let me just get your opinion. Do you think Twitter has the right to ban people? Like even is is Milo responsible for his audiences? misgivings oh i mean that's such a judgment call that there's no there's no um concrete rules for for when you can ban someone for for this because on one extreme you can have him say hey guys badger her call her an ape do all this terrible stuff and on the other he could just be saying absolutely nothing and his supporters just do it anyways because they all have some common characteristic that inclines them in such a way to do you know so on one end directly responsible on the other end absolutely nothing to do with it so to ban most of the time, it's going to be somewhere in the middle. So to ban someone, it would you would have to justify that the person whose audience took hostile actions against another user was more towards the extreme side, the first side, than the second side, which is you know he has nothing to do with it. So there are instances where they're justified in that they in that the the instances where Twitter is justified in banning someone, I would say is when they almost directly, doesn't have to be directly, but almost directly, you know, encourage or, or, or in some other way incline these people to start badgering someone else. That's when you're justified. Now, whether he, whether Twitter justified in banning him, I don't know because I haven't seen all the tweets myself. But, I mean, he also has to take into account that his, realistically, his followers, which tend to be more alt-right, would, if we're being realistic also tend to be the kind of people that would harass people online. If we're being agreed, honest with agreed, ourselves. Agreed. So from a from a more impartial standpoint, Milo should have taken that into account. So when you start attacking someone or you start bantering with someone, he should know that, hey, my followers, even though I think they're right and following me, you know, they're they're the kind of people that will harass people online. So you have to take that into account. So, so, the, so it's a fine line you're walking. The, the art yeah, I, I agree that he was sort of pushing that. Do you think that because it's sort of a private company, um do you think they, they have the right to ban people? Because the main issue with this is some people believe it's censorship. Right. Milo called it censorship. Look how many followers he had. 338,000. Wow. And then that audience was taken away with him like that. That's crazy. I think it is sort of censorship, and they can just go ahead and pick and choose. Because, because he was pushing that line, I think they had the right to sort of take it away. And he was harassing her. He was, right. It was a stream of tweets. I mean, obviously, she doesn't know to just turn off her phone or block the guy. <laughs> right. But... I see how he's pushing so it, that line. I don't completely disagree with the ban, but the, because of this, the guy was made famous overnight. I had heard right. of him before that because he supported Trump and he sort of tackled all those guys on CNN, but he was made infinitely more popular overnight. How, how many people have you heard of have been banned from Twitter and they're not I think, completely I think crazy? ISIS exactly. accounts is the only ISIS thing. accounts and Milo. This guy is as popular as ISIS is right now. <laughs> as controversial as ISIS. <laughs> as controversial. Well, popular, controversial, they're right, sort of right. interchangeable terms these days. I think you brought up an interesting point, though, with the private thing. Uh, Twitter's a private company. Well, no, it's publicly well, traded, but well, it's a private, it's yeah, a private company. Private entity. Uh, so the, the issue here is there's a divide between legal and moral justification. So legally, they have the right to do whatever they have. They, they want to ban every single user, or like, if they just want to ban conservatives, they are legally justified in doing that. That's totally fine. But 
from a moral perspective where we're taking legality out of it, you know, what what is actually right in actuality, what is right, what's wrong, what's justified, what's not justified. Uh, I don't think they're justified in, in censorship ever. So the real question is, is the censorship? I don't, I'm on the fence, honestly, because I don't think, I don't think that he was spreading terrible, I mean, I don't agree with this guy at all. Let me just say <laughs> right off the bat, I don't agree with this guy at all. But to cut his voice out is in one degree censorship because you're just cutting out an opinion. But on the other hand, he should have known that if he was going to attack someone, given the type of supporters he tends to have, that he has in some some way, shape, or form a responsibility for their actions too. He should have taken that into account. It's a it's a tough, it's a really tricky issue because I didn't I didn't dive into his Twitter account all that much. But there are two sides to this that you really have to weigh uh, on both sides. And at the end of the day, it's a judgment call on your part. But you have to take into account, on one hand, it could be censorship because they, they just took out an opinion. And on the other hand, he was kind of infringing on people because he indirectly uh, riled up his supporters to start attacking I, I think companies like this do need like a social mor- moral philosopher sort of on the line because there is because it's not really up to some some left person on the board that's like, let's ban this guy. Right. It shouldn't really... When a company's this big... And the whole point of it is communication to somebody on the other side of the world. Mm. And so, so that one person can reach many, many, many people. I, I think they, they do need to think about it from a more of an outside perspective. Because if, if this could just be a domino effect and where they just start banning anybody oh. from the alt-right. Oh, anybody. absolutely. No, this was definitely a, res- a, a result of Twitter definitely being a more liberal company there were, once once trump was elected you know how many people were saying waiting for that assassination any day now and people were literally threatening him saying not indirectly bad things about trump but directly bad things about they were straight up saying this guy should be killed he's terrible and then again that only enforces the narrative that the right has that the liberals intolerant of everyone except themselves uh so if this were on the opposite side if if milo was a left-wing extremist attacking a a right-wing person or just anyone else for any reason no doubt in my mind that person would not be banned no doubt <laughs> exactly <laughs> I, I i agree and the, i i think because of that it can be interpreted as censorship and I, i'm gonna give props to that argument because i i could see it happening because it, it's not it is harassment in a sense but the guy's also just speaking his mind he, he didn't he didn't call her an eight I think he did question whether she was a male or a female. <laughs> okay, well, that was kind of... No, but at that point, that's that's insulting, and that's fine. If you it, want to insult someone... Insulting is, is free speech. If you, if you think Trump is a complete buffoon and he has tiny hands and he's a man-child, you can say it on Twitter, no problem. But if you start saying... If you start encouraging behavior where people start braiding on a large scale, that's different. That's no longer just insulting, that's, that's harassment. That's where you... That's when um, one's liberty to freedom of speech is now in question. I I definitely agree, and I I, I probably agree with more of the, this guy's stuff than you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. But uh, th- this guy sort of approaches popularity like Trump does, in the sense where he goes for the wow factor. He 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 doesn't he doesn't tippy toe around it. He just grabs the chicken and starts strangling it. <laughs> the, the, and, and it's worked just like how Trump did. Right. He, he, this guy. I wouldn't call him a household name now. It's in this household a household <laughs> name. Least. But he's reached so many more people because he got banned from Twitter and because of these riots that our people are having. 
it's working against them. The, these riots, they're delegitimizing themselves right. and, and their whole movement. The riots on the left, you're saying? Yeah, not, not, not even the rioters' opinion. Just the whole liberal opinion. They're sort of delegitimizing. Right. Because right. people group together. If, yeah. it's, if it's the extreme left protesting versus a moderate left they're just saying it's we, the left. We just na- naturally stereotype right. it. So even even though everyone's like, the world shouldn't be stereotypical anymore. We're all, that. that's never really going to change. No. Uh-huh. And we're just acting on it right. these days. But they're delegitimizing themselves. And in turn, they're making this guy more popular. This guy's just put on every single news site covered by CNN, free news time, whether it's bad or not. The, and the, the point of the news articles wasn't that Milo has controversial ideas. Milo likes Trump or Milo. Milo likes Trump. It's that the liberals went to the point of attacking, attacking his followers and starting a riot, destroying just public property, vandalizing everything. I found the whole thing ridiculous. Now, just to just to sum up this whole thing, do you think more people are going to start moving in this direction of a populist, controversial viewpoint? Do you think that's what our entire... Because, I mean, we're noticing it now where people like Trump, people like this guy, even that alt-right guy who had... Uh, I, I don't know his name, but you know, you know the guy on the news. Mm, no, <laughs> the guy Steve on the news. Bannon or something. Is it? Is am I thinking of the right person? I don't, I don't know who it is. There's there's this guy that was put on the news and um, for saying that he followed Trump. And there's like 25 people in the room, and then CNN was talking about it as the all uprising. <laughs> it was only 25 guys in the room, and a few of them threw up the Hitler sign. Oh, okay. They're, well, hold on a they're, second. They're a hold bad on. group. They're a bad group. We're not. We're, we're not in arguments with that. But he. He's he's going and choking that chicken now too. Do you think anybody that wants their their word to get out there now is gonna gonna grab that chicken and start choking it? It's gonna go for gonna go for the controversial because Milo's a smart guy. If you just listen to him, he's very well spoken. He he can hold up his own in a debate in an argument. He does public speaking all the time. He 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 seems like quite an educated guy, and he comes out with some controversial views, but they're backed up by evidence, and and he he can he can uphold them. He never backs down. That, that's another thing that him and Trump have in common. He never backs down. So do you think we're going to start seeing a lot of people that don't necessarily believe in what they're saying? They're on that side, but they want to push a certain agenda where they can get on the news, where they can... That's what they're going to do in this yeah, manner, the yeah. controversial. They're yeah, going to no, abs- go for the controversial. Absolute, absolutely. Absolutely. So it reminds me a lot of the the issue behind how the media was covering all the shootings in the United States, where... They would, there would be a shooting, and then they would say, this is the guy, this is his background, this is what he did, and they'd show his face everywhere, everyone knows his name, and, and it became became a huge deal. What they didn't realize, or maybe they did, and they just cared about their viewers, is that they were encouraging further behavior. So what's the parallel with today? Well, uh, this guy, Milo, or Milo, and Trump, say absolutely outrageous things that the media, because let's be honest, media is liberal, that the media does not agree with. And so what they do is they put him on the media, they throw his face up everywhere, they talk about it in primetime television, like CNN or MSNBC or wherever. Exactly. And they start saying, this guy's terrible, he's, he's awful. And then people who didn't think about, you know, what this guy was preaching before, now they're reading about what this guy's preaching. They see, hey, this guy's a controversial figure, everyone's out to get him, and everyone likes being, you know, the... the the, the, there, there's almost an anti what okay so the media perceives the world to be a populist opinion and usually that's completely inaccurate it was inaccurate with the whole trump thing that the the media portrays a populist opinion to be different than what it is so then everyone on the other side wants to go against the populist opinion and make their own anti-populist bubble 
And now, now, now that's sort of growing. Is that where you're going? Yeah. The, what I was trying to get at is that the media will demonize a previously unheard of opinion. Exactly. Yeah. And, and not only does that serve to inform people of that opinion, but now people realize, wait, the entire mainstream media doesn't like this opinion. And then people start jumping on board because they want they, they want to be the underdog. Yeah. They want to be the little guy because yeah. it's you know it's, they're fighting for a cause and all that. It's I guess it's human nature. Hundred percent. And so what the media doesn't realize is in their dis- in their public disagreement of these extremely polarizing figures, what they're doing is they're helping them grow. And we saw that with Trump. We see it with the, the mass shootings in the states, which for some reason aren't covered as much anymore because this is more, <laughs> more controversial. Uh, we've seen in all those cases where their public disagreement only leads to encourage further behavior. Do you think this is sort of reminiscent of the Black Lives Matter movement? The Black Lives Matter movement is still pretty much at large. Do you think that the the very far left liberals, for instance, the people that think it's okay to start riots and stuff, do you think it's sort of reminiscent of the Black Lives Matter activists that went out and started destroying public property? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's similar in the regard that the media... Uh, the media is definitely helping form opinions regardless of what the media actually wants. So simply by virtue of covering certain stories, simply by selecting certain details to publish out in the public domain, they are creating a narrative, whether they're intending for it or not, that that they probably don't don't agree with. So when, when they start talking about Black Lives Matters, this is a left movement that the left would cover, so it's a little different than this case with, with, with the far right. But in either case, by covering certain details, by covering the protests, by covering the riots and stuff like that, everyone watching goes, oh my god, this movement's terrible. You know, they could be sitting for something totally justified. You know, hey, police brutality, regardless of if you're black or white, but they're saying black-specific uh, brutality, is totally wrong. And we need to have police policemen to have cameras and they need to be held accountable and all that stuff. Yeah, it's totally fine. It's a totally fine opinion. But once they start rioting, so they're partially at fault, definitely at fault. Once they start rioting and then the media starts covering it, everyone's against that now. No one, no rational, not rational, but no, most mainstream people think Black Lives Matter is a ridiculous movement, I would think. Except for, you know, public figures on the left who want to encourage a certain narrative. So the media is creating these narratives by, in the Black Lives Matter movement, selecting certain details to talk about. And when it comes to these far-right controversial figures, in their demonizing of it, they're creating more supporters. Because for the, for the two reasons I said earlier, they're exposing the ideas to people, with, which people start to look into. And they're creating this us-versus-them mentality where the viewer says, oh my god, them, the, the far-right, the populists, they're being demonized by everyone. Not only do I now know their opinion, but now I feel like, you know, it's I, I want to be the little, I want to be the underdog. I want to fight for a cause here, and so it only encourages it more. So the media, they have not learned their lesson from the mass shootings, from from Trump's election. They have not learned the lesson that always badgering aside is not the best. Like sometimes not covering something is the best thing you can do to discredit it. Now, do you think the the media is sort of being forced into this? Because the only reason I ever turn on the news, and I'm sure many many other people is to look at these controversial figures, and that that's how you get your ads, that's how they make the money. Oh, it's entertaining, too. It, it, it's completely entertaining, and, and that's the reason people are tuning in these days. I think the biggest CNN um, uh, viewing ever was during the second debate with Donald Trump, where he just went off on everybody because... Was, the, that, the, was that the wrong debate? I, th- I think that's where the whole meme <laughs> started, uh, and that, that was the biggest viewership CNN's ever had. Oh so I think, I think they're sort of pushed into this. 
I, I mean, they, they obviously, I'm sure most of them aren't idiots. They can see what they're doing. The viewers or the media? The, what the, the media is pushing this certain narrative right. that's obviously creating the Trump uprising, creating this Milo uprising. And they can obviously see it. They, they see it's happening unless they're so delusional. Do you think now they've sort of come into a cyclical effect, effect where they're being forced into it because the ad revenue and it's it's what gets views? Oh, oh. So they. So what you're saying is they created. So they created this far right reaction. Yeah. And their hands are tied because the way to defeat the far right movement from the media's perspective is just not cover as exactly. many things. That's what I'm. But saying. their hands are tied because they create this movement that demands them to be outraged by watching the CNN's liberal coverage or, or whatever narrative exactly. spinning. So they have to keep pushing this demonization because the movement that they indirectly created, the far-right movement, the all-right movement, watches it. Exactly. And, and encourages it. And so it's like a sub-perpetuating cycle. It's positive feedback. Ha- that having screws having controversial country. opinions on the news is what gets the views. And, I mean, from from YouTube, you can you can even see that. We've made 28 cents so far. <laughs> <laughs> and the ones with Spanish. Trump, the ones with Trump in the thumbnail, the ones that get the get the most views. <laughs> you can even see it on our scale, which is massive, by the way. Um, subscribe. <laughs> um, but I, I think that's where we're going to wrap it up today. Hopefully, I can have you on tomorrow, and we'll talk about the whole refugee ban. Oh, sure. We touched on it today, but there's there's a lot to talk about. A lot has happened with that. Um, we'll cover a bit more of Trump tomorrow. Um, thanks, you guys, for watching. This has been your second episode of Opinion Overhaul. Be sure to like, go subscribe. I'll leave Christian's information in the comment section down below. So go check him out. He follows a lot of cool people. Um, on Twitter, that is. On Twitter, on Twitter. It'll it'll be in the the top section of the comments. Of the comments and the, uh, what's the other thing called? Uh, the description. description. <laughs> now, thanks, you guys, for watching. See you later. Subscribe, like, comment down below. I'll join the conversation. See ya. Bye.